We have a new sponsor of ROAS. You are not your ROAS is happy to welcome our primary sponsor, retention.com. If you love money, you're going to love retention.com. You'll hear more about them later in a bit. Until then, enjoy this episode of You're Not Your ROAS exclusively on the Triple Whale Network. I think there's, there's 20,000 different types of business owners, and you have to be able to know how to handle all of them. And that's the hardest thing. That, that took me a long time to figure out. My, and my wife is agency side as well. She's works now for, she's with a big agency in New York, very traditional agency. Like they have like, uh, like New York University as their client, like big, like huge, like insane. Like I was like, I don't even want to, th- like you do that. I don't want to touch that. Like that's, that's, that seems stressful to me. And she's client side as well. So like, but that's the thing. It's like, you have to really understand business owners where they're at. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode, an in-person episode of You Are Not Your Roas. I have the legend, the man, the myth, Wyatt Lowe. Wyatt, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Good to be back in Austin. Yeah, I know. Because well, we're connected in New, New York, York, right? Yeah, 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 it was at the Shopify event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Shout out, Snow Brothers. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Nice little exit as well. It was, yeah. There. That was shortly um, thereafter. As always, GV powered. So, man, tell me how you got into marketing. Let's start kind of... Where 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 was like the first dip into entrepreneurship marketing? Give people some kind of background. Let's paint a picture of why. Yeah, so uh, those who know me outside of the job know that I'm also a musician. So uh, I did not know this. What do you play? You did not know? Oh, I'm a guitar player. Yeah. Oh, axe man. Yeah. So Let's I, have go. My own, I have my own group. Before COVID, man, we were touring pretty heavily. We were we were. I didn't know any of this. What yeah. was the band name? Wyatt Lowe and the Mayhem Kings. Yeah. That's actually so, pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, man. It's like we, we're a rock and roll band. We're like rockabilly, blues. So like, that's why like oh, I Continental Club places oh, in Austin. everything is kind of Yeah, yeah, in. yeah. So that's like my, like, I'm like Bruce Wayne during the day and then yeah. Batman at night yeah. type thing. Um, and years ago, I grew up in Southern California, moved to the mountains and, you know, I was a musician trying to make a way yeah. and, you know, skiing, writing music and I... Uh, I just became. Oh, you write as well? I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I write my own music. There's yeah. a, uh, I can't remember like a Beatles line or somebody, but everybody joked about like if you can find a singer songwriter, whatever they do, put up with it because it, it's it's pretty rare. <laughs> yeah, right? no, like, it most is. people I mean, don't write and play for themselves. No, I mean like I feel like in, in certain niches and certain genres, yes, but like globally and like what's most commonly known, no. I mean, you know, where I went, my I got my college degree uh, in music entertainment marketing. Yep. And, you know, you realize most people, most big artists today have, you know, seven to 10 songwriters that work 100%. on there. Yeah. It's you know, crazy, right? It's, yeah. And again, the lyricism is actually really simple, which is yep. the irony. Um, so anyway, I mean, it's always been important to me. I, I, my mom was a musician in my family. I have like a lineage of musicians in my family. Um, and that's where it began. Like I started designing websites for myself. Yeah. I started to run my own social ads. Um, just like started making content, started doing editing. I learned Final Cut. Eight at the time, I think it yeah. was Final Cut Eight yeah. or Final Cut Nine or whatever, and uh, and started doing like branding, and because I very much at an early age, like you know, I was like a teenager at the time, and I was like, I really know that I want to make this a brand more than I wanted to make it a band that also has like merch or a band that also has like it's a cool really music. Interesting, yeah, uh, distinction. It, for me, it was like I want people to be able to buy the brand. And then think, oh, they also make really cool music. Yeah. Like, cause I feel like you, if you can play both angles, you have a lot of leg up than other people do. Who um, did that well? I'd probably say what, like Beastie Boys was up there. Beastie where like, Boys. Oh, you fuck yep. with the Beastie Boys, whether you listen to their music totally. or not. You're Beastie like, Boys. Their vibes. Um, the band I'm wearing today, Ghost. Yeah. Um, the, like the metal band from Sweden. Yeah. Like 
I buy their stuff. I love the band, but like I buy their stuff and I love their story because it's kind of like, it's like fun. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of all over the place. Like the Heartbreak Tom Brady and the Heartbreakers, Tom Petty was great. Yeah, dude, um, I got to see Petty live. You did? Before he came out with like a whole bunch of his new stuff. Yeah. And it was one of those like surreal experiences. One, it was in this like crazy amphitheater and everybody, I mean, it's Petty concerts, yeah. so everybody's burning. Yeah. And like you could go to the top and see almost this like like layer of cloud smoke. That's just hilarious. sitting over the crowd. I love that, yeah. But banger after banger yeah. after banger. And this dude was 100. I mean, he was literally, I think, like 60 or 70 at the time I saw him. I saw yeah. him maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And you forget sometimes like how many like hits are like, oh, that's oh, Petty. Yeah. Oh, that's Petty. Yeah. Oh, that's He'd Petty. he off from the catalog oh, and there's just jam after jam. Well, the band, I think that's what made, like, that's what was so strong about him is obviously Tom Petty's a goat. Like, he, you know, but the band was so good. So good. And his band was so, like, like, I mean, everyone was firing on all cylinders every show. My, uh, my, my uncle was well. Yeah, it's like my it's like my half uncle really. He in the seventies was on the road crew. He came back from the war and like he you know was like I think the doctor said like you need to do something with your time yeah, you yeah. know and and he became in San Diego he became a uh, like a roadie for band, the bands that would come through and then he'd like stay on with them and go do their tour. Yeah. So I used to have and I think I we my mom years ago made it into like a one of those t shirt blankets. And it has all like, so it's like Tom Petty, it was the Heart of Wings or, or like we, we, uh, something, whatever that album was, it was like the Heart of Wings tour. And then I had a Kiss shirt. Oh, he, there he you kiss. go. Another brand. Another, that, exactly. A another, band that transcended, yes, the, or the yeah. brand transcended the band. Totally. Almost, yeah. yeah. And that's the visual side of it. And like, so I have all those old shirts of, of his that were like his like local road crew shirts yeah. and stuff. But, but yeah, that, that, that's, that's like for me, like that's what I was trying to do. And then at the time uh, I was living in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I yeah loved it. Skiing every day. I yeah. was like living like you know the ski bum life, loving it. Yeah, and playing music and and working. And I started. Uh, there was a guitar shop there. There's a lot of cool brands based out of Jackson. There's a really great clothing brand called Steo, um, and they do. They're based out of Jackson. I at the time started like kind of helping them run some of their socials, and there was another company there called Teton Gravity Research, which did a lot of the ski movies and stuff. So like various little projects I would do in town, whether it was branding, social, you know. Um, ads directly sure. or whether it was just like kind of helping build websites um then from there i mean like i moved to denver uh and then i lived up in the mountains of colorado for a while uh worked for i didn't uh, realize you're such a mountain man i am man. I'm the same yeah, yeah that's for me it's like well i because i grew up in north county san diego so like i grew up on the beach and like everyone always says like, why'd you leave it's like well you grow up in a place you kind of want to leave I, like yeah. I to explore the world a little bit you know my family moved and i was like you know finish high school and go to college remote and so it's a weird concept but you become numb to paradise. You do. Like no you matter totally how do. beautiful for or how awesome it is, like there's a certain aspect of exposure erodes like your awesomeness. Like I had tons of friends Definitely. that lived in San Diego and I was like, How many times did you go to the beach? They're like, Dude, I went to the beach like twice in like the first couple of months I've yeah, been there. Yeah. I haven't been to the beach yeah. since, man. Well that's and that's like I think that's that's totally right. I think people would always be like, How could you do that? And like my wife, she's from like a, a really small town in Missouri. Yep. So she's all kind of has the same thing. Right? Yeah. It's like, what? like and like for me it's like don't get me wrong like we just went back we took spring break the family and like we went back and you know had a great time there but like there definitely is like you know that like if you stay there too long i don't i, I don't want to be stuck yeah like, i don't want to become that person that was going to be like you know st whether it's like a small town in the midwest or whether it's freaking los angeles like you don't want to get stuck where you are and and because of that at the time you know the band started touring a lot we were playing a lot we were like i got to see big parts of the world you know it was really cool and so 
Um, but then I started working, uh, really starting like, so people were like, Hey, I really could use you. Like I yeah. need a digital person that can yeah. come in. There was a recording studio in Colorado that I started working at and really just basically helped build their brand, helped build the website. We started running ads. We started doing acquisition strategies yeah. for that, for, for customers to come to the studio. Um, did that with a, a hotel and a chain of hotels as well, um, through their marketing departments. And, um, and then from there went agency side, um, was there for a little while, came, moved to an hour I'm at in Salt Lake City, Utah, yeah. was doing freelance. And then I signed to do, uh, I was the head of growth at a friend of mine's company. It was a B2B company. Uh, it was for like, so like, you know, Los Angeles, the U S bank building, like, so like it's yes. the big tall one, yes, yes. that's like sign on the side is what we did. So it was like 200, $300,000 contracts. Like oh, wow. Huge, yeah. Big, okay. big deal. And so like, that was a, that was like the longest, like, you know, you talk about like uh, length to buy, length to contract, like that, that was the longest, that was like six to nine month yeah. sale process, you know? And so, um, so yeah, we built the digital side of that. Another company where it was all brand called Venus Sign Co and, and Shane, who's the owner, he was a great artist and a great, he was like, he had this proprietary sign technology, like with like this translucent knee, crazy stuff that I was way over my head. Um, and then I started doing freelance in, in, in Salt Lake City, got a call from another agency. We worked with some bigger clients and like Skull Candies based in, in, in Salt Lake. So that was really cool. Um, and then I landed for the last couple of years um, with an agency in America based out of actually Alaska that I was running so, the what, Anchorage or uh, well Homer Alaska uh, I didn't even big, know there was other cities in Alaska I know well it's not a, it's not a city it's a, yeah, it's town. a tiny little town yeah. yeah yeah but no the the it was agency called Shopanova and I was there for the last few years oh was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah 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 so I was, a, I was yeah, the yeah. head of strategy there and um basically built that you know the, the paid media team there yeah. the media buying team and ran that and uh and then just a you know a transition occurred where I was just to be honest, kind of done with agency space. Yeah. I was like, Dude, okay, agency I, life's hard. I, yeah, it's it's stressful. Anyone good know, money, but really hard. It is, yeah, and it's it's really there's a lot of growth. You know, um, I think all the agencies kind of boomed. You know, right after 2020, all of us did really well. Yes. You know, and uh, uh, I had a lot of advice from dear friends like Shaq, and it was like, you know, he he uh, kind of had some words of wisdom. I was like, you know, I think I'm t- it's the time for something new. And uh, since for the last like seven months, I've been with, uh, I've been at Brandside again with Mary Ruth Organics, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Um, I Big numbers too, man. It's huge just, so It's like, it's the most big, I've ever. Yeah, I that's mean, a big, big jump. It was. Not a big jump, but like that's not nothing. Like, no, you, no, you it wasn't. Doing yeah, for numbers. sure. And I think that's the thing. It was like, for me, I was like, okay, I, I know there's really something for the next step. Like this actually for me, I was like, okay, I would love to get my hands back in the baking a little bit yeah. I want to get it you know yep. and really pull the triggers to show could I do this again because we 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 had clients I mean we broke records I mean like I you know I'm, I've have been doing this for a long time at this point and like I still learn things every day but yeah. I was like can I do it can we do it again you know um and we did like we came in and like um David the CEO president Mary Ruth's uh, Mary Ruth's husband and um he and I have known each other for a few years. And for people that don't know, what what do you guys do? So Mary Ruth's uh, vegan vitamin supplements. Um, so um, you've probably seen Mary Ruth. It's a figure. She's a, a wonderful lady, and she's um, she's mom of four, and she's started this brand. Uh, I don't know exactly. It's like 2015, 2016 timeframe, maybe even a little before that. Um, and she's a former health coach, nutritionist, um, very like and like personal chef, like very um, established background yep. in like health and wellness. Yep. 
and started off with a couple products. The brand grew. We now have 200 products. We service. Wow. I didn't know you guys had that many yeah, SKUs. Yeah. We have so many. Yeah. And it, and it's not stopping. Like there's like five new products a month. Interesting. Yeah. And so like the cool thing about the brand too is like uh, everyone always asks us like, what's your target demo? And like we have our top two, but we also it's like the great thing here is anyone can take the vitamins. It's literally designed for every life stage. If Mary Ruth and her family can't take it, then they're not going to make anything yeah. or make or sell anything. So it's like. You know, from Todd, like my, I have a five-year-old and I have a one and a half-year-old. They both take Mary Ruth vitamins, you know? Yeah. And then my wife, my parents take it. They're in their 60s. You know, it's like they're they're feeling great. So it's like, that's what's really awesome about it. Um, and I was telling Alexa, actually, I was saying, you know, for it's it's funny because most people who know health and wellness and vitamins, like 70% of all vitamin business is in person. It's retail, yep. you know? Yep. But we have friends, the guys like True Classic. Yep. Cuts those guys. Yep. Like everyone's like, you guys, like, what are you guys doing in our It's so strong. Yeah. And like our D2C, ironically, is so strong for health and wellness and like yeah. vitamins. Yeah. And so for me, that was really enticing. And I was yeah. like, this is like, you know, uh, this is great, you know, because, you know, agency side, anyone listening, you guys, you know, it's like, you know, you're trying to get a client to spend a thousand dollars a day. They're like, pull it's like point teeth sometimes, 100%. you know. And here it's, I mean, I, we went from, I think in January we broke like, Close to one hundred eighty thousand a day on Facebook ads, dude. That was, yeah. when you were telling me those numbers, it was yeah. like sh- sh- just blown away. Yeah, and then yeah. I think the the ceiling we reached on TikTok was about eighty thousand a day on TikTok. That's the most I've ever heard on TikTok. Yeah, in a day. yeah, that was that was a big feat for me. Like yeah. that was that was for me and our team at the time. And at the time, like that was so January is like historically the big month for Mike. Yep. New Year, New You. Like yep. Christmas for us is great. But it's slow because yep. people aren't buying vitamins for the holidays. Yeah. Nobody really thinks about health either in December. Exactly. Yeah. It's family. No. You're eating. Exactly. You're yeah. No, it's life. The, yeah. You're not worried about that. But come the new year, you're like, okay, now I can get back on the, on the wagon. On. Yeah. You know, it's like here we go. Um, so January was a huge month for us. We broke all company records. We, I basically we decided like in December we're gonna. Can de- basically deconstruct and like tear down the entire social strategy okay. and rebuild it okay. because it was kind of at the time non-existent. Like it was like that was the weakest part of the media mix, and so that was like that was my strongest. Was like let's just start there, and that's where we started breaking those numbers, and we like just had obscene growth. I mean, we had a thirty million dollar month in January, and that was bananas. That's what most people do in a year, dude. I think our budget was seventeen. So. Our board was very happy. I can uh, imagine. Gary, Gary V's on our board as well. That's he's, gotta... Yeah. So, and Gary was like, I remember my boss, who's VP of Ecom, he told me, he said, in the board meeting, he said, because uh, obviously, you know, Gary's a content king, you know, he makes content like crazy. <laughs> he gets it. But our content strategy was kind of weak. And so it's like, he just was like, the board was like, you guys need to be pumping out more content. Yeah. And so that was the goal. And I think we did like 196 unique creatives and, or 169 unique creatives in uh, January. And like, it's, it's nuts, man. It's so it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's also like um, there's like breakthroughs that I've had since starting there. Yeah, things that I thought like stigmas I thought about high spends or things like that. You know, I mean, historically only spend much like twenty twenty five k a day. You know, um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun, uh, and it's a there's a lot going on. We have a lot going on. That's such a crazy story, dude. I I love that though. And the other thing that's really interesting to me is. I think one of the challenges of agency life, I mean, there's a myriad of them, but um, is that one, the incentives are kind of misaligned, but if you can finally figure out the incentives to align, there is a certain aspect of you have to build your book. And sometimes like you're bringing on people that might not necessarily like have the structure in place to succeed. Yeah, for whether sure. Whether that be the business economics, whether that be not understanding the brand, whether 
like these kind of core fundamentals. And that's why I think, because I, I, I used to do proper agency life. And then I, before triple, used to just run my own boutique agency where I was basically running four clients, sitting across them, high retainers, no percent of spend, like basically let me make you a bunch of money. Yeah, definitely. And it's just more fun when you help people win more than when you try and turn like a loser into a winner. Yeah. It's just so much work to choose. Like, it really is. Maybe it's different personality types, but for me, I was much more the vein of, let me get you from one to end. Like, let me augment what you have and let's blow mm-hmm. this thing up versus like, to your point of getting somebody, like if you're fighting over like $1,000 a day and paid media, dude, it, yeah. everybody starts somewhere. So it's not like a, a dog there, but it's just more so like, it's just a grind, man. It is, it is a grind. And I think too, like there's, uh, I think there's, there's 20,000 different types of business owners and you have to be able to know how to handle all of them. And that's the hardest thing. That, that took me a long time to figure out. My And my wife is agency side as well. She's works now for, she's with a big agency in New York, very traditional agency. Like they have like, uh, like New York University as their client, like big, like huge, like insane. Like I was like, I don't even want to talk. Like you do that. I don't want to touch that. Like that's, that's, that seems stressful to me. And she's client side as well. So like, but that's the thing. It's like, you have to really understand business owners where they're at. And I think you also have to look at it like with, uh, I think a lot of people want to think of the macro lens. Like, it's like, okay, I want to get, I want, I want to hit a million dollar a year. I want to hit a seven figure month or whatever. It's like, but what are the pieces that you have to execute on now that you're overlooking, you know, or, or how much of what you've done needs to be completely torn down and redone. 100%. I think that's the big thing that people think that's like, I, someone told me years ago, and I always said this phrase, what got you here won't get you there. 100%. Dude. And I think that's where a lot of brands have breakthrough, um, is like when they, when they can, realize that and then they they kind of you know you take a step back and you look at what you're doing and then you realize oh wait I, you know maybe i should maybe we should have a new ui maybe we should have uh, a, a better customer acquisition strategy you know and it, it's hard to have those conversations with people though dude it's hard to call somebody's baby ugly and get just it, 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 it is, is and that's it's a, even that's harder it, yeah. to accept that your baby's ugly yeah <laughs> like because your point like there's just different kind of step changes right like getting from like zero to a million it's like okay cool you have like product market fit now this is Mm -hmm. there's a business here now one do i how do i grow this business two how do i optimize this business and then three how do i keep the unit economics intact when i'm acquiring people versus when i get money from people it's it's a lot more it's kind of like running like running everybody can kind of do it but it's really hard to do well and it's really hard to To sustain it sustain exactly because people quit people do all these other things and so I think you're spot on there, man. And it's, I've also ran into brands that luckily not my clients, but when I'll consult people or just kind of jam in the industry and stuff, there's these people that become these, to be fair, I think luxury is the one outlier here that I'm kind of okay with, but there's these like brand maxis that I'm just like, dude, I get it. But like, do you want to make money or do you want to be on brand? Yeah. yeah. And it's your brand and it's your money. That's, so I will defer yeah. to you, but that's the dichotomy. Like don't try and confront and like this, that, and the other. Oh, well, I just want to have a better brand. Like the whole point of the brand is to, it's the way I think of brand. And I'd love to get your take as well is it's essentially just the aggregation of all the customer touch points. Like every time you interact with the brand, whether that be in person, whether that be online, whether that be in a print card, that to me is a brand, but there's no reason to have brand if you're never going to leverage that to monetize or actually drive. Yeah, like, who cares I mean, if you have this great brand if totally. you're not making any money? No, it's just yeah, it kind of. I mean, 
And I think one thing like for, with with Mary Ruth's too that we've had to be okay with, and it's probably kind of stifled a lot of people, is that um, and Mary Ruth herself is amazing. She she's like so uh, inspiring and like mm-hmm. just wants to see you know us succeed more yep. than the brand. Yep. Uh, and so that gives us the freedom to kind of go out and like create these crazy ideas. Yes. Um, and it's a lot of times not on brand, right? Like it's, it may not follow the brand book, you know, the, the, the content team might look at us and be like, hundred percent, what, what is this? But I'm like, but this is what's working. And I think that's like where you have to have, again, it's this kind of release. I think you have to, if you want to succeed, you have to release those, those grips you have on everything that you're holding onto that you feel like is the foundation because it's not going anywhere. You might just be pushing the box a little bit in certain directions. Like what we do on TikTok, that probably doesn't feel like Mary Ruth's. Right. Does, that probably doesn't feel like that. A lot of people probably have said that in our comments yep. too. You know, loyalist, brand loyalist, people who buy. But it's be, but we're also have never seen the numbers we've seen from it. So it's like, okay, okay the risk reward, it's like what's the risk? Okay, you might be pushing your brand guidelines a little bit, but you're ever when they link to the site, when they see our CTV, when they see everything else we're ever doing. That's that's okay. You know, 100%. And like you said, like it is. It's, it's an aggregate of everything. You know, um, I think you have to be okay with that. And it's hard, man. It's, it's a hard yeah. sell. And that those are the clients I, I run away from really quickly yeah. because yeah. you're just always going to be uphill. Like there's a great line that I'll always use when you kind of get into these. I don't want to say combative exchanges, but you're just like these first principles are not aligning. And it's like I'll just tell the brand owner. It's like, do you want to be right or do you want to make money? Yeah. And it's Again, your brand, your ship, you get the drive. I'm, you know, helping you out. You're paying me money. But then at the same time, then I'll kind of move into like, that's what the money's for. Like, you're not an expert. If you were an expert, you wouldn't have hired me. Exactly. I wouldn't be here right now. The reason I'm giving you this advice is because it is the best thing to do for your brand to drive forward the business goals that you put down for me. Yeah. And and that's, and that's where you You can't have both ways. When you're agency side, it's, it's really hard. That's very hard. Because then again, you're dealing with the you know, the 20,000 personalities, you know, and that's like, it's challenging. It's fun. It's rewarding when it, when you, when it works, it is the most rewarding because I think you realize how hard it is and everyone around you, your colleagues, your friends, your network, they realize how hard it is too. 100%. And like, that's where, you know, it's like those wins. And I think that's what was, what I really loved about the last agency I was at was that we really celebrated wins. And like, that was something that just kept morale high, you know, it's a, it kept, it kept people on their toes and hungry for more. And that was one thing I really tried to instill with my team. And whether like, whether you're a media buyer for an agency, whether you're a media buyer for a, you know, brand, or maybe you're just running your own thing. Like, I think you have to be hungry because that is the only way that you're able to then sell those brand owners on why. Cause I mean, it's so easy. I mean, God, you and I probably know a million people who it's like, you know, you can, you talk the talk really well, but you know, when it comes down to business it's you know i think that's where a lot of agencies get a little bit of uh, a bad rap sometimes and sometimes it's deservedly so where there is yep um you know the agency grew out of this one brainchild where there's this one guy or gal that's just like phenomenally talented incredibly well spoken super charismatic you meet that person you're like dude yeah, I'm signing wide. Yeah, no brainer. Go. Yeah, and then you'll yeah. never see them again through the rest of the contract. And it's just like, yeah, oh, yeah. they just have like the junior level, yeah, the talent, kind of like yeah. people running SOPs that were written two years ago or whatever. And yeah. that's, I think, the challenge with marketing is yeah. it's, there's probably some like cosmic fundamentals that don't change, but there's so few. And to your point, like if you're not poking and prodding these areas, 
you're missing out on growth opportunities. For sure. If if you're not pushing the box and you're not trying to expand, I mean, there were things that we did in January for Mary Ruth's, things that we, for one, that had never been done for that brand on TikTok, but things that, like, I think in theory, we all thought, okay, let's try this creative. Like, this is a crazy angle. We've never seen this work for this brand. Let's see what happens. And that's what we literally created because our spend levels were so high. We created this artificial virality. The product went viral. Like, it, whether you want to argue about that or not, it went viral. It had 15 million views attached to this like viral multivitamin that went viral. People were like all these Gen Zers, whether it was baby boomers, Gen Zers, like millennial moms, like everyone was talking about it. And it was from an angle that none of us really thought was a UVP of the product. Right. It's like, and like, that's where, again, pushing the box, pushing the limits, you kind of, you can click. And then I think also you can find things that don't work, you know, it's, and that's almost more valuable, you know? Same with me, man. I, yeah. I totally agree with you there. Like, so for us with triple, which is a little different, obviously with B2B SaaS compared to D2C, um, but that's kind of where we would play around with where I would carve out when I was still CMO, five to 10% every quarter, just for some random moonshot marketing event where it's like, if it hits, we go to the moon. Yeah. If it misses, I know that I'm only missing out on, you know, five, ten thousand dollars or whatever. You got, your, you got like, your bowling lane bumper guards up yeah. a little bit. You know, it's just like, okay, just stay right here. Well, you know? And those are the bets I like to make is kind of cap downside, unlimited upside. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. I know, hey, you know, I'm gonna spend five or ten thousand dollars on this campaign. Worst case scenario, it blows up. Yeah. To your point, I take learnings from that to then integrate in a future campaign. So it's yeah. not necessarily a loss. But it's it's almost in the same vein of like creative testing spend where it's Definitely. like there's nothing this creative spend is supposed to do other than give me insights. Yeah. Like it's not there to actually make me money. No, it's it's not, there yeah. to inform my creative to then then I can ship these super ads into the actual performance. Exactly. Spend. And so that's kind of how I think of it. But I think you're right. And I think there's a lot of I think the brands that are getting more uh, away from this just super again outside of luxury. Um, just being super pigeonholed and handcuffed by their their brand guidelines, it it just seems a little archaic. And I, again, I'm not saying that you need to have this like super disjointed experience. Like there needs to be some cohesion. Oh yeah, for branding, sure. But, but like being able to take some chances, I think is it's such a superpower. These guys are a great example. Where you where you start with where they were five years ago, it's like they've created this brain that has just grown and and like they're just now that it's like what what new weird thing can we do like that's and that's and that is where like marketers like us we see it and we're like that's genius genius dude and that's what brands like sometimes you meet a brand who wants that but they don't know how to do that and you explain it and like well i can't do that it's like wait okay then you then you can't get there you know self-limiting beliefs yeah exactly yeah no that's a really and it's kind of interesting too because it almost is full circle for me now. Instead of the band, it's almost like the product slash brand. Yep. And that like that's what you're building and you get it's almost the same playbook that you're running for your musical apps. Yeah, it is. And that's like for me and like, like so that's, interesting. That's the nice thing. I was like, okay, I've been able to build this career. I love doing what I do. You know, it's my my family's happy. We all my wife works from home, I work from home, yeah. like we travel, we're great. But then the other thing now is there's a lot of less pressure for me, like just to be able I can go create and that's my creative outlet, you know? Um, and I, and I, but I also love the marketing side of it. Like I love to just sit there and make, you know, product hero videos for the website and like to work on like our actual PDPs, you know? And like to, like I, I use that kind of like my last eight years of career to feel my passion 
and vice versa too as well. But it's definitely, it feels like, okay, there's a lot, like the pressure load is down because I now know where I'm focused, yeah. you know, and that's really something that a lot of people probably can't say. And I'm very grateful like that, that I'm think about that a lot. Dude, focus is a superpower. It really yep. is. And being able to do that will, like you can't get time back, but you can get more time out of your time, if that yep. makes any sense yeah, at all. I get you. Yeah. Like, no, and I think like that's, that's one thing too. I mean, it's like, it's, uh, when you become a dad, when you're like, you got a lot of, well, yeah, that's a big one, right? That's another like, thing. It's like, okay, okay. Then the time is not yours. Anymore. No, it's not. And like, you have to, you split this finite window of time. You split it 20 different ways and it becomes very hard. So I think prioritization is a big part of focus. And like, for me, it's like, you know, um, I think just, uh, bite-sized pieces. That's really how you have, like I approach everything in like bite-sized pieces. Okay. Just do this, then this, then that, and that. As opposed to looking at, um, you know, big visions of like, okay, I want to hit this now. It's like, okay. And then you have to reverse engineer. It's like, let's just start taking the steps. We'll find the path as we go. Retention.com is not only just sponsoring your not your ROAS. Retention.com is here to help you make more monies from your email campaigns. They're an amazing resource for marketers. And you can see all their podcasts and resources right on their site, including the five fundamental flows you need to grow. Go check it out at retention.com or in the link below. Now back to the show. Dude, you know. man, I couldn't be more on board. When you go after those like big, hairy, audacious goals, it's just demoralizing because it's it's like a, a huge burrito. Like you don't know how to attack it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Do I go sure. down the middle? Do I go on this end? Do I go on that end? How do I, do I unwrap it? Like it just gets into a place where um, I'm much more kind of where you're talking about of like, okay, cool. Here's what the board or the brand or my boss or whatever his goals are. Are these realistic? Is this a stretch goal? Do I need to have kind of three layers of this goal of like a stretch if we do well, if we don't do well kind of thing. And then from that to your point, like, how do we get there? Cause that's, yeah. that's the fastest way that I've seen to help. Cause you do kind of want some pie in the sky people in the company, especially like the CEO or the founder. You kind of want them to be a little crazy. Like I love AJ, but he's crazy. He's trying, yeah. he's a mad scientist. Yeah. He just builds, builds, builds. And it's amazing. But then you have to figure out like, okay, cool. You want to hit, like you said, that seven or a million dollar month, seven figure month or what, whatever. Okay. What does that look like? Like, how would I get there and what needs to move to do that? Cause that's to your point of like, everybody wants to have these like lagging goals they're just that they're lagging and so what are the things that you can actually control and work on what are the leading yeah, indicators that can support totally. that goal because if not to your point not only will you lose focus you end up in this disjointed strategy because everybody's trying to attack the apple versus like why don't we put an army together to then take the castle actually, to get yeah the apple. exactly and i think what ends up happening is that most people don't actually end up taking any action yeah, you the sit there analysis and you analysis. Think, yeah it's like you sit there and you and you look at how do I get to Jerusalem? And then you don't actually end up moving. 100%. And it's like, you just got to start moving. Yes. You can pivot along the way. Yes. But just start taking steps. Like, yes. I think that was one thing that was like, I could sit here and like, the, I think one of the things that we came in, like uh, Sean, Frank, and the guys at Ridge are good friends of ours. He's and, like, brilliant, man. He's probably the best operator I know. Like, yeah. He's, he's, he just and, gets And I think it. one of the things that's so strong, like I very much, like they gave us a lot of insight into some of their creative strategy and stuff when I first joined Mary Ruth and I was like, just like, take it. I was just like, no, take it. I was like, this is amazing. You know, he gets like, it. he's like, dude, you just need to like spend like 500K a day on Facebook. And I'm like, okay, that's just, I, that's okay. Let's get there. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start, I'm just going to start here. Yes. I'm going to start here yeah. because this is where we're at. I'm not going to get lost in thinking of where we couldn't be six months from now because when I'm, when in six months from now, we'll be somewhere else. And 
literally here I sit today. And now we're at a completely different, the way that I think about now where we're going, I wouldn't have been able to think about where I was six months ago. So thinking about the goal like that is almost like over the course of a year, I mean, how much in our life changes anyway? Think of COVID, right? Exactly. Like who, yeah. who would have, that's why I'm not Who knows huge, what's going to, you know. I'm yeah. not huge on anything, depending on, I guess I should caveat, like the business vertical. So like, if it's really intricate software or something with a lot of dependencies or sure, a physical yeah. thing that needs to be made, then I think you can get in the multi-year roadmaps. But for the most part, people that aren't in those verticals, man, I, I'm a big year planner. I think if you plan outside of a year, you're taking so much risk or not risk, but I think it's uh, arrogant of you to think that you can understand past the year horizon and when, where you're going to be. I mean, like for where me, the it's business like, is, where the society is, totally. where the macroeconomics are. Like, yeah. that's another thing that people don't understand. Again, that's why I'm so bullish on uh, luxury. You guys are actually in a pretty robust vertical to be fair. But you know, if things start tightening up and stuff like that, like there's just literally less money being spent. And so it's like, you, you really have to, like, these things matter. They do. And I think that's, I mean, just to, I mean, to be frank, like, we're very lucky to be growing at the rate we are. If you're growing at all this year, you're killing it, in my opinion. Like, there's a lot of headwinds. You know, Shopify, ironically, has always been a small part of Mary Ruth's business, like, as the brand. Um, it's Amazon's been, like, 60% of sales. Really? Amazon crushed, yeah. So so my boss at VPV Ecom, he oversees all of our supply chain, our e-com, our organics, like all of it. And uh he 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 started the Amazon side of it years ago and like that's where it became really successful. And so now we're like at this point where we're now re trying to get Shopify up there. Yeah. Um and like that was one thing when we I was started working with Tribble, it was like, okay, well, let's see how we can do both. And it, I think it was at the time you guys were working on the Amazon integration. You know, like for us now, like that's so like 60%, you know, it's Amazon number one, Shopify number two, and then like retail's number three, you know, and like that's that's a big part of our business. But for e-com specifically, like Shopify, we did our first $10 million a month, like in January, which like for uh, for like, uh, so I have a buddy of mine so that's insane. at like Hexclad and-, and Yeah, he Jason? Was, yeah, uh, well, my buddy of mine's working with Connor. Oh, uh, yeah, his yeah, name's Connor's Lo- Yeah, his name's London, London, and Connor yeah. and London are good friends, and I was, I was, I was egging him on. I was like, go to Hexclay, man, go to Hexclay. He's also yeah. agency side. I was like, yeah. gotta go, man. And, uh, and he's over there now with those guys and like, Jason's a killer. They're, 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 they're brilliant, man. They're, they're, they're doing great. Right. And that great product. He sent me the product. I'm like, I love those pants, man. Dude, they're I'm, amazing. I love them. I'm, I'm, and I'm probably going to end up dropping a K on them because they're just. Well, that's the thing. It's like those, those, those 13 piece kits are like 800 bucks. So it's awesome price yeah. point. But there's also an aspect of like, Going back to what you were talking about at the top of the show, he's built like I don't even cook, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like so, it's like <laughs> why would I spend, why would I spend a, a k on yeah. fucking pots and pans? <laughs> but he's done such yeah. a good job of if you do want to cook and you are price insensitive, dude, he's the best in the business. Yeah. Like these are there was this crazy thread that he posted. I don't know if it was organic or not. I'm pretty sure it was organic, but some kind of like cook guy. Ended up just writing this huge diatribe of why Hexcloud was the best pan he's yeah. ever, and it, it went really into nerdy, like the the literal like materials the being science used. And the, yeah, the, yeah, the science yeah. behind mm-hmm. why, like, yep. when you use a skillet, this is what happens. When you use this, what happens? For like, sure. The kind of coalescing of the technologies into the Hexcloud. I think he's nailed it, man. He's he's well, uh, and they have something, and they're doing that, numbers too. Like he's yeah, there's lots of things. Like that's it. when I told them, it's like that's what we're doing on Shopify. It's like, oh, okay, well, like, that's that's kind of what we know. I'm like, well, yeah. that's the thing for us. Like now, we're trying to get Shopify up to where Amazon is, yeah. if we ever can. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's an uphill battle. But uh, 
but yeah, one thing is with, with like Hexclad too, I feel like for them, they have something that no one else has, which is Gordon Ramsay. I mean, I wish we all had a Gordon attached to the brand. Dude, you know? it matters. Yeah. Like... I'm like, he was telling me, he's like, he's like, cause we all, we talk, we have like our own little e-commerce, like masterminds, like me and a bunch of friends of mine and former colleagues from guys that were on my team before agency space that are on that brand side. And we talk and they're like, we're talking about like, okay, Spark Ad versus whitelisting, yep. you know, like, you know, versus, you know, doing our, uh, just the, the true brand and, and seeing what happens. And like he said, it's like, every time we launch a whitelisted Gordon ad on Instagram, it crushes. And like, we're never going to beat that with any influencer. We're never going to beat that. And I'm like, that is the ace up your sleeve that brands would kill for. Dude, you know, I, at uh, my previous agency life, uh, I got to work with Oprah. Oh wow, yeah, and so, like same thing. The bump is real, dude. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I probably with Gordon, it's it's in the same ballpark as Oprah, especially in that niche because he's so yeah heavily in the niche, niche specifically, yeah. But dude, Oprah, like, but Oprah transcends. She transcends everything. everything. Like she's just Oprah. You she's know, just, it was yeah. it was crazy because I'm not yeah. super bullish on celebs unless you're in that kind of like Gordon Ray, where you like you know it's gonna net yeah. out. But then there's also like you got to make sure that the unit economics and the the yeah. sauce that I'm giving up because these people aren't doing it for well, I mean, if thing, you I mean, can that... get them on like a rev share or something, that's yeah. the path. Yep. It's like, dude, I'll just give yeah, you 20% give you of whatever comes through yeah. your funnel and yep. like, let's exactly. make you some money. Well, that's the, with our influencer strategy too, I think our influencer director would be, would agree with me when she used to say like, we don't try to work with the celebrity angle yeah. because the cost, very rarely, like the, 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 the ROI on that is very rarely break even. Yeah. Because you're going to spend $150,000 on a celebrity. So that's the challenge too that I've found in those kind of, again, I don't want to call them like mid-tier celebrities, but like you're talking about like that 100 to, yeah. 100 to 250K where it's like not nothing, but it's not Gordon Ramsay or Oprah or something like that. If you miss, that's a big that massive a, ball hanging out there it like is. it's like that's, that's the problem so i'm yeah. much more in the vein of like if you give me 250k i want to make you know 10 to 20 small bets and then figure out which ones have like off. signs of like yep. higher ceilings and then put Let's just scale it because yep you can you end up getting caught up with putting like good money behind bad where it's like oh well it was just the actual ad rob is a great influencer give him another 50k and let's do it yeah. again and you're like no dude like nothing wrong with rob but like the people didn't resonate with him. He's not moving the needle. Quit putting money behind totally. this. Like and good money behind bad. I think bad. that's what There's happened to us in January. We we saw someone, like we had a couple people that posted organically that were yep. our like, influencer yep. partners. Like again, influencers such like a miss. I, I feel like everyone has like, their own definition of the term. Um, For us, it was people who we had contract to agree with for posting yep. X amount of times per month. Yep. Um, but these weren't even influencers. They were brand ambassadors, people who sign up for our brand ambassador program that are kind of in the middle. So they're not like content creators over here, which never see, you know, they, they don't, you know, get the, they don't share on their own really, but then they have the influencers and they're kind of in the middle. And we had a brand ambassador post who went viral on her own. She had like 3 million views. Let's go. And then we took that in our paid strategy from three to 50. And like, that's all on the back of a brand ambassador who joined the ambassador program, maybe paid a hundred bucks for a piece of video once and twice, you know? And it's that was amazing. a bad an example that we could have dished out. You know, we had we have a lot of influencers who are in the million, two million followers yeah. that we could we could talk to, but yeah. they were like, oh, I want twenty K or I want fifty K for that. And the, and we wouldn't have probably had that kind of success, you know? And so I think the small bet angle is like, you know, <laughs> to be honest, it gives you and I think it gives you more horizontal room to play with because then you yes. can because then you can, like you said, you can you can kind of pick, you can pull, and then you can scale, and then you really have an understanding of what works as opposed to going all in and then just crossing your fingers and hoping this celebrity you're not gonna you're forced not to be like why did you just dish out 200k to 
to make 200k i mean adidas just totally flopped with ivy park with beyonce and she's like the beyonce's oprah status yeah it's like yeah to your point like an article in front of her name like the beyonce exactly oprah like and totally flopped the what was that other massive tiktoker she did her little uh beauty brand i forget what her name was but kylie jenner uh not kylie they didn't do horror or maybe it was kylie Get, I don't one remember one of them, but there was basically there was just this mismatch between attention and intention, where it's like these people had a ton of attention, yeah, but like nobody would show up in a room if they invited yep. a thousand people, and that's really sure. what matters. Is yeah. like, can you not only get for that strategy? For that's that, what matters. You, you, you yeah. need to push push conversions. You like do. I don't need brand awareness. I no. need people. If I'm going to pay you this much money, there has to the cash register got to ring. I just I, you know yesterday I told you I was I was meeting with our senior leadership team at Meta. Yep. and TikTok right yep. here in Austin. And it was same stuff. You know, it's like, okay, you really want you to push, you know, yeah. full funnel brand yeah. aware. I'm like, I'm not going Stop. to. I'm, I'm not traffic, going to. Traffic campaign. Yeah, traffic, traffic campaigns. Get in there. <laughs> it's like my intermediate buyer there was just sitting there like kind of laughing. And I was like, they're great. Don't get me wrong. We have great partners at those platforms. We spend a lot of money with them. They give us a lot of perks. But- um, Good people, but they're there's... great. But they just, they're, they're like top down initiative to push, you know, video view campaigns and so like, interesting right yeah, like, it is and i and i think that's what um it's always like i'm look i'm not like you don't have to sell me i'm not spending less if anything we're going to spend more right uh you know and like that's uh and it's like so you don't have to sell me on this but like i understand the difference between a traffic campaign and a conversions campaign like i know i've been doing this a long enough time and like i years ago i got into the data side of it more and i wanted to really i mean um i, I was you know i I was involved for a little bit with building a potential, like potential competitor of triple whales years ago that never came to fruition. And like, I got to see the backside of things a lot more clearly. And, uh, I think at the time then I realized I'm not adding up with what they're telling me I should be doing. You know, you know, then it was like this breakthrough. It's like, oh, these platforms just want to take my money and waste it in other places. I can do this a little bit differently and make a lot of money. 2018, 2019. And then it's like, okay. And then 2020, everything just was lifted. So, but I think that's what you said it earlier too. It's like people who get stuck on SOPs from two years ago. It's like, it's the thing I, the things I do today, if I would have told myself four years ago, four years ago, why it would have been like, well, why aren't you split testing, you know, demographics and why aren't you running, you know, video, uh, your own lookalikes in their own campaigns versus an interest campaign. I'm like that kind of crazy, you know, come, come. I feel like, uh, as a friend of mine, as a former CMO at Shopanova, and we talk regularly and he's like, I feel like there's marketers out there who love to to sell the complexity. Yeah, 100%. Because if they found out how really kind of easy it is or what we're doing. Seen it. Yeah. 100% yeah. seen it. That's the number one red flag for me when I look into things yeah. and I'm like, this is just overly complex. So the for brand no owner, reason. there's no exactly. there's no incentive here. It's just so the brand You're owner- just locking just in your salary with them. Like, oh my gosh, uh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, keep running 78 campaigns. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, that's that's what our, so that's what our, our what was happening on Google for Mary Ruth. So yeah. Like, that's, uh, it was the, the guy was running it. It was like, wanted to like only he didn't trust the platform yep. and i was like this is doing more harm than good 100%. now we're running seven campaigns yeah. and like that's it and that's probably still too much yeah that's you know? the other thing too like complexity for complexity sakes never never the path no no i'm with you there um dude this has been amazing it has you want to do some rapid fire yeah let's do it okay uh youtube overrated underrated underrated yep tiktok overrated underrated I'm going to say overrated. Ooh, I'm going to give a, a yeah, hot take. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go hot take. Um, we can explain it later, but. Okay. Amazing. It's coming from the one who's spending 
the most on TikTok. I'm just spending like sixty thousand dollars a day on TikTok right now. Um, what's your favorite guitar? Gretsch. Uh, Gretsch White Falcon. That's my baby. Let's go. Yeah, I'm not a. I, I let's get I aggressive I, though, right? Like, yeah, you can get kind of. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not a. I, I'm not a Gibson guy. Uh, I have a couple of Fenders. I have a couple of Tellys, but a Gretsch like that's when he knows my music. That's like the luck. That's what that's, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your favorite place to travel to, and why? I think what was the most unique for me was London. Oh yeah, London's amazing. Yeah, um, it was a short trip. We we I spoke at an event out there in London, and that was really amazing. And like it just was so, you know, it's so funny when you go to an English speaking country that is also so different. Yeah, like, wow, it was crazy. You know, um, as a football fan, like I'm like it was cool. To, like go to Stamford Bridge and like you know see the Etihad or not the Etihad but the Emirates where Arsenal plays and stuff. Yeah. Amazing, very cool. So, yeah, so London for sure. Uh, I love that. Oh, favorite food? Jeez, I'm spacing. Where'd you be? Favorite, favorite food. Favorite um, food and why? Mexican food. It's because it's where I grew up, man. Like Southern California, San Diego, man. Get it down. Like, yeah. Get um, my, it down. My, my mom's side, my mom's, my grandfather was a well-known Latin jazz musician. Yeah. And my, my grandmother, my dad's side was from the Dominican Republic. So like Spanish food, Mexican food. Like music runs deep in the fan. Yeah, yeah, it, it does, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It. There's something to music too, man. I've been trying to, ever since uh, moving into this new role, I don't have like the heavy as the head that wears the crown kind of stuff yeah. where it's just like it was just proliferating my life and I just forgot how much uh, music really just adds a just another layer of awesomeness to life. And it really like, does. And I think that's like why for me it's the biggest creative outlet. And there's times where I'm like I don't pick up the guitar for, you know, days and I'm like that's and I'm like all up here and I'm stressed. I'm, family's feeling it like everything is like you know tense and i'm like okay it's really because i'm not balancing the, yes the work and the creative side of it very well you know and the work is creative don't get me wrong but there's like the non-work attachment creative you need as well no i love that uh your favorite axman or gal oh, who's your favorite guitarist yeah that's you know there's a stevie ray Vaughan statue right oh i know yeah, yeah. yeah. i've been there I, I every time i come out i take a photo with it uh um i mean stevie srv is like up there for me i think it's got to be brian setzer though Stray Cats because like that that's like for me like when I first of all like Setzer for one is an amazing musician the Stray Cats were an amazing band you know like that that rockabilly sound is like where my ear goes um but I I think also what's so unique about him is he basically built two careers I mean he had the Stray Cats in the 80s and 90s and then he built the orchestra the big band that you know like that and like such an amazingly talented guitar player yeah and he took and basically without him Gretsch probably would have folded in the 60s you know um they were another I'm sorry in the 60s and the 80s at the time so he brought back those 50s guitars that like the original cats like Chet Atkins were playing and yeah. stuff so yeah Setzer I think is like I hate when people ask me that because it's such a hard answer but super like, hard question yeah, yeah. But all, I, think it, I, I think that's fair though in the top so, tiers it's it's you start to get in a preferential more than do, actual yeah, like it's, objective where it's like it is it's super subjective it's, it's like and it also depends on like the, the day and like the week it's like what am I in right now it's yeah. like there's some days where I'm like I'm like I've only listened to Ghost and I listen to Metallica I listen to uh, Megadeth and I'm like hardcore in my metal mode and there's some weeks where yeah, I'm but, like crazy mastodon shirt at home yeah that's, I, mean, I love mastodon man i the other night actually we were at home and like i we have a sonos soundbar so i cast from my phone and mm-hmm. my we were cooking dinner right. girls were dancing and i blasted mastodon and my wife was like what what, is, what are you doing and i'm like i'm like and like the girls were like seeing they're looking at me and i'm like i'm like come on let's do it and they're like they're just, i'm like all right not so, tonight dad. my girls aren't into mastodon yet uh, yeah but still we'll holding out yeah now i also think it's crazy too the um so I'm a huge Prince fan. Yeah. Also same. phenomenal uh, guitarist, but just overall incredible, just musician. Yep. Uh, Entertainer. Just the, yeah, the best. Yeah. The other thing too uh, was uh, John Mayer. Yeah. Like I knew, I grew up with John Mayer as the pop 
yeah, like kind of like the pop heartthrob stuff. The waiting on the world to change. Yeah, yeah. he didn't realize it's got like technically, yeah, absolute shredder. Like he composes as well, but indirectly seen John Mayer like eight times. And every time he's he's brilliant, incredible. Yeah, he's an amazing guitar player. I was just I was blown away by that because I thought it was more in that like, how are you talking? Where you get this like star, and then that star is like insulated with all these like technically talented people that yep. then the star becomes almost like the performer. Yeah, definitely. He was, he, I was blown no, away how talented he was. Yeah, he, and I think there, I think it was, he, he was, was touring for a little while, right? With, um, uh, Grateful Dead people. Yeah. Uh, uh, now that you said, it, of course it's gone now. Uh, what's his name? The, the guy from, the singer from the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Um, it's Dead and Co. Is Dead and Co. The, yeah. That's the name of the group. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, and he was, yeah, he, he's, He's filling in the Jerry Garcia role. I mean, that's you know, it's like, and he's and he's a very talented player for sure. He's, uh, I think, one thing that's like about John Mayer you don't see probably on the front side is like how like different styles he is. But like he can like he's like his. It's like there's a big festival called the Crossroads Blues Festival, and like Eric Clapton has put it on for years. They haven't done it in like 15 years. Just announced they're going to do it, and John Mayer's doing that John Mayer Trio, which if anyone has listened to that. Yeah, it's Pino Palladino on bass and Steve Jordan on drums, two of the best like session players and like guys. I mean, so good. It is so they're they're so good. They're so tight and they're like just like it feels like Steve Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble. Like, yeah, it feels like that. I think it was Clapton or someone who said like John Mayer is like one of the t- technically most gifted guitar players of the 21st century. Clapton was freaked out by uh, pretty sure it was Prince or Hendrix. I can't remember. He was really. I think it was actually Hendrix. He's really, really intimidated by him. It's yeah. really funny. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. He's a weirdo. He's yeah. A I, I, I love, I mean, that's also another disconnect. I grew up with Eric Clapton with the elevator music. Yeah. Yeah. And I did not realize he was this rage your dick off. Like, and then I was like, oh, he yeah. has a song literally called Cocaine. Yeah. Like, he used no, to just ra- like rock did, star rage. Yeah. And I think that was all after, you know, when he had the, he, like his kid passed and then he had like the tears in heaven and stuff. But yeah, it was like, there was that like nineties, two thousands Clapton where it was like the elevator music. That's all, very, that's yeah. all I knew. Lady yeah. in red and shit. Like, yeah. But then you, and then you realize, uh, then you, then you go back and you listen to like the birds and stuff and you listen to early cla- cream. Like, yeah. To that strong, that cream, that, uh, wheels of fortune album. Yeah. Love that is incredible. That's like that. And like early black Sabbath. Like I, I remember hearing Sabbath, bloody Sabbath for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, is it's like, crazy, is right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. One thing I love about Ghost um, is that Tobias Forge, the the front man, he talks a lot about like early Sabbath influences, and like the last record they did, there was this song called "Watcher in the Sky," and it's just this heavy guitar intro. And like I, the first time I heard it, I got chills because I thought, "This is Randy Rhodes." Like this is Randy Rhodes. Like if I like I, I swear if I didn't know it was Ghost, I would have thought that was Randy Rhodes playing like reincarnated. And I was like, "That's the kind of stuff today where it get like it's super exciting." Like you find bands, you're like, oh, this reminds me of that, yeah. you know, from years ago, and that's why you know I want people to feel like, oh, this this takes me back to like a memory I had when I was a kid. And I first heard Zeppelin for the first time with my dad or my mom, you know, and it's like that's, that memory burn, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. it's real, yeah. Uh, okay, let's wrap up on the last question. So you get to invite three people to dinner, four person dinner. You're sitting at the head. They can be dead or alive, fictional or non-fictional. Who's getting the invite from Wyatt? Three wow. invites. Uh, I would invite. Um, it's a tough one. This is a really tough one because I'm thinking music. Am I thinking? Yeah, yeah, like, I know. I just got you I, down this music. Well, yeah, no. And that's what I'm switching. thinking. Like, I really feel like um, I would love to sit there with uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. To be honest, yeah, I feel like SRB has like the stories like in that, and like I would love to hear what that would be. So I feel like that'd be my music guy. In terms of like a a world figure, I would love to sit with with Gandhi. Like, 
Gandhi. Like that, I would love to hear like and like feel inspired and peace yeah. like, after yeah, listening yeah. to Mahatma Gandhi. And so, uh, Gandhi, uh, and then like sports for me. Like I'm a huge sit with Gretzky. Yeah, I so I have Gretzky sitting there. I love uh, Gretzky. I'm, I'm, I'm still in California, so I'm a diehard Kings fan. So I'm watching the Kings. Incredible, right? Go against the Oilers, which is ironic because Gretzky fan as well. But yeah, so Gretzky. Uh, I think we have three. Yeah, Gretzky. That's like a random it's three. amazing. Gretzky. But like those are the three that came to mind. Yeah. yeah Gretzky, Gandhi, and Sassi Rival. <laughs> that's a fun dinner, man. Yeah, that is a fun dinner. It's yeah. a fun dinner. Because yeah. Gretzky seems like just what a fun guy. Yeah. And I think that's, I think he's actually kind of soft spoken in a lot of ways. Super soft spoken. Um, but I feel like I would just love to hear, I mean, man, like the, the 80, the 70s, 80s, 90s hockey, like that was, you know. It was real, man. And then kind of not selling out, but. I mean, like getting paid. He yeah, did. No, he's not on him. Hey, but like, hey, and go as get a Kings fan dude. myself, like, I mean, I remember, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I was a little kid, but like, when he came to LA, it was like that was he sold out. I mean, he did. He took, he took the paycheck. Yeah, and dude, that's crazy. But also, Edmonton was stupid enough to let him go. That was uh, that's yeah. where I land. Where it was just yeah. like, dude, either you guys didn't didn't have the resources, or you just missed. Well, and this is, the and best this is what's happening right now with like everyone's talking about like, Kylian Mbappe. It's like, okay, is PSG going to sell him? And it's like, well, they want like you know what is it? I think they said they want four hundred million or something crazy. for him. Like, and it's the like it's a super talent though. Yeah, like, I mean, he's it. unreal, and he's what twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, he's going to win so many more World Cups. Yeah, he, yeah, squad, he's that. Like, yeah, he's. I mean, Messi had to do what he had to do. Like, yeah, that, that was his year. Yep. But like, if it wasn't Messi, France would have won the World Cup last year. Hundred percent. It's weird too to see. Uh, so someone's going to sell out. He's going to sell out at some point. Yeah, yeah. well, they kind of seen that now because Ronaldo's doing it. Like these people, instead yeah. of going like Al Nasser, the LA Al Galaxy Nas- or whatever and get yeah. paychecks, they're not going to like these crazy Arabian like just oil money. Like, hey, oh, there's nobody the in this league but you. Oil but money. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, here's a bazillion dollars. To I haven't play thought three about games. Ronaldo and. Up months, right? Because he went to Al Nassar and just like, dude, um, what are you doing over yeah, there? Yeah, guitar just checks. Well, it's like crazy. when I, I loved when Zlatan came to the, dude, he's the LA. Best. That dude's my because he took favorite. out. Oh my god, I love Zlatan. He he took out the full page ad in the LA Times and he said, "Dear LA, you're welcome." Zlatan, that was, and I was like, that is, that is amazing. That's, oh, that's no, so good. He's my G. I and then love his, him. in that first, the first goal he scored was from like the middle of the pitch. The keeper was way out, and he just saw him off his mark. Video game, yeah, video he's, game. He's and, so yeah. good, dude. And he's, and, had... and he's, and he's like, and I love how he touts it. Like he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Like, he's the one guy that I can think of that I, unironically, is like over the top arrogant. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and like that, it, that's it plays him. for him. It like, does. Most people yeah. would bother me when I'm like that. Like, dude, relax. It's yeah. not that serious. But like, for him, he just. The, the, the heel that he plays, is, yeah. it, he just nails it, and I yeah, love it's him. It's his height, it's the beard, it's the pony, it's everything. Yeah, just it's like his, it's his, his, his whole style. Yeah, he just no. He's just so it's like it's about me. It's about me. It's about Zlatan. Yeah. So that was like the LA, and then what's his name came last year to uh, LAFC. Uh, what's Gareth Gareth Bale? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, he came. Right? He retired, but he I don't think he did much. For he them. didn't do much. No, I don't think no. he did. But, but you're yeah, right. Gareth he, Bale but he was came. okay in the World Cup. But you're right. I he was. About yeah, that. Wales. Yeah. I think the U.S. played Wales. Yeah, yeah. they did. We got yeah. got. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see a lot more, especially in the football world. We're gonna see a lot more of those big. Like now, it's becoming a thing to spend 100 million on, on a on a player, you know? and it's worth it. Yeah. Like when unless you, you're Chelsea, because right Jersey, now Todd Bowley right now is. Chelsea There's some people, yeah. yeah. It's and crazy I, the fall from grace, right, from the English yeah, games. It is, Chelsea, yeah. uh, Liverpool, Liverpool yeah. Arsenal's not 
not horrible, but well, still I mean, not. I think. Where I, think, it needs to I, think be. What's, well, I think what's going to happen with Arsenal right now is they're they're slipping, like because like, they 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 were, they were eight points clear of City, and then Liverpool drew, then they drew to Brighton or something or Southampton or something, and then now like City hasn't slowed down, and like as a Liverpool fan myself, I can't stand Manchester City. More than United. Like, I have friends that are, like, diehard scousers from Liverpool. Yeah. The United-Liverpool hatred is has been long for a long time. For me, as a fan of, since, like, 2000s, it's the City-Liverpool rivalry that I can't stand. The Erling Holland, like, I... City kind of came out of nowhere, too, man. They started, they got a bunch of oil money. money. So that oil it is, money, they got man. that big They got that oil money. Right, they sold out. They done. sold out. They sold out. They lost. I mean, it's like, and that's like the thing. It's like with Liverpool, they're owned by FSG, which is a Fenway sports group yeah. who owns the Red Sox. And I have a bunch of friends in Boston who are I like, didn't know that. Fucking FSG, man. They f***ing up the Red Sox, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, they're up Liverpool, too, man. It's like, it's, yeah. So it's, uh yeah, the, the I think, I think so you'll win, win the league. Um Arsenal finished second. United's got their new Eric Ten Hag, but Jurgen Klopp's my boy, man. Jurgen Klopp is—I will always stand by him. So yeah, he is. Uh, all right, folks. You didn't know you were going to get into some uh, sports talk radio, but we got it done for you. So now you know how to place all your bets on your uh, favorite football slash soccer matches. Yep. Uh, Wyatt. How can the people follow you? Where can they buy some of the best vitamins on the planet? This time's yours, my friend. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram, at uh, Wyatt Lowe. Check out the band if you want as well, at the Mayhem Kings. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. Um, I keep a lot of secrets to myself. But if you uh, DM me, we can uh, chat some more about it. Uh, and then, yeah, get Mary Ruth. You guys can get it on Amazon. Uh, we have Amazon deal of the days pretty regularly. And then uh, go to MaryRuthOrganics.com. We're... I'd say probably the best deals are on our website. Um, and make sure you go find an ad before you do that. Before you buy. But, hey, so. Let's get some of that attribution. <laughs> yeah, give me some of that attribution, Come please. Come on, yeah. push it up. Anytime, anytime I got family, it's like, I want to buy some product. I'm like, okay, so here's an ad yep. link. Yep. Here's, here you go. Uh, you served impression. Yeah. 100%. Um, dude, this is great. Yeah, what thanks for having me. crazy cool story you have. Thank that you. That was awesome. This was really, really fun. Um, we'll do more. Yeah, we'll do it again for sure. Folks, thank you for tuning in. We will sign off here in a second. What do I got? I got to plug Whale Mail. So we have a fantastic newsletter that goes out every Tuesday, Thursday called Whale Mail. You can subscribe right at tripwell.com slash whale mail. Um, and then we have another sister podcast called Ad Spend where myself, Ashley Melwani, uh, excuse me, and uh, another third guest comes on and we just jam tactics. And then what else we got? Yeah, so subscribe to the show. So if you want to see us uh, and see what sneakers I'm actually wearing, we drop all the videos on YouTube so you can look at our beautiful faces, check out the sweet ghost shirt that Wyatt has on, and then that's it, my man. We did and it. I was, and I, I guess a, a plug for me to you would be, Let's go. if you're not already, you get a triple whale, man. Let's go. Get on the whale app, it's, people. It, it is 100% than the reason we've been able to scale look along that. with us. Look at that. This so. is not paid. This is not paid. I, di- I did give him a liquid death, though, but other yeah. than that, it's, uh, it's uh, squared. It's, it's a free beanie. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I really, really appreciate the kind words. Um, all right, folks, you know what to do. Make sure to leave a review, and then, oh, if people want to win some free merch, what's a, a safe word? Give me, a, give me a word, and then they can email or uh, send this, DM this to me, and uh, we'll get some free merch. Let's do, uh, let's do Zlatan. Zlatan. Oh, Zlatan's the safe word. I love it. Okay. So message me either on LinkedIn, Robert Ray Hill, or on the Twitters at Robert Ray Hill uh, Zlatan, uh, and you'll get some free whaleware. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, this Robert. This is amazing. You're the best. Why, we'll do it again. We will. We will.